Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Am I still on? Some real estate, maybe talk some money markets, maybe smoke a cigar. You see who's on the show. It's in the show title. Buckle up and welcome aboard. My brother. Man, it's so good to see your face that I can't even... Well, I should... Just unmute your mic. Oh, there, perfect. Uh, I, I was gonna say I can't even believe. Like I can't believe you're not in a bathrobe. I see you got a gar going. And w- were you at Remax? I'm just seeing you're at Revel Realty, which doesn't surprise me because that's the that's um that's Hollywood Realty. That's like um, Model Inc. Realty. <laughs> like everyone's gorgeous at that real estate company, including yourself. Look at the fucking having a big Cuban out on the back deck, fucking guy. Living the good life, you know? Yeah. We got to enjoy every single day. Yeah. And uh, I do it the best way I can. Yeah, I see you are doing it pretty well. And just for the people, like, we don't know each other that well. I think we've got some uh, mutual friends. Um, but I'm a big fan. And so when we connected, I'm like, dude, just come on the show and talk real estate and talk uh, markets and stuff like that. So if you don't mind, be selfish. Take as long as you need to tell us, you know, where did you come from? How did you get to where you are now? And just tell us, give us the whole uh, the whole life story if you can encapsulate it into a few minutes, whatever. You got as long as you need, bro. So take it. <laughs> where do I start? Um, well, I'm born in Toronto, okay. and uh, I've been living in the Niagara region for most of my life, for at least thirty years. Mm-hmm. So I consider myself to be a Niagara boy. Uh, I went to school here. I went to A.M. Meyer School. All right. Um, so this is home, Niagara's home. Yeah. And uh, I think, you know, most people know me for real estate. And I've been in real estate since 2007. Oh. And it wasn't a good time to get in real estate back in 2007, 2008. Right. Uh, it was a really difficult time with the financial crisis. But um, real estate's always been one of my passions. Uh, I learned at a very young age going over to my grandparents' house, my nono's house. They didn't have Nintendo. They didn't have TV. Uh, they had a Monopoly board. Yeah. So it was kind of lasagna for lunch, uh, for lunch 
and then you played Monopoly. <laughs> and uh, that was the Sunday routine. Cool. When, so, come- what was your inspiration to get into real estate? Did you have like a mentor or, you know, what kind of paved that path to get you into that business of all things? Uh, well, you know, playing Monopoly with my aunts and uh, any family cousins who came over, uh, we all got to learn that whoever owned the real estate on the Monopoly board, it was pretty fun collecting money, right. collecting rent. And uh, if you didn't have the right property, it was a pretty tough game and it wasn't fun. So I always knew real estate was uh, something to invest in and hold. But I didn't know I was going to be in real estate. I actually had no idea what I wanted to do. And one day my father got a phone call from one of his friends. And uh, the guy said, Cosmo, I want to show you a six-unit building. Uh, it's for sale. You should, you should take a look at it. So my dad said, hey, why don't we go take a look at this building? I don't know. I think I was around 17 or 18 at the time. I went with my father. The guy uh, showed my dad the building and uh, that's kind of when the light bulb went off. And I said to myself, like, what does this guy actually do? He says, well, he he helps find good investments and and uh, he knows the real estate market. So, you know, he can help us enter and exit the market and acquire property. And uh, I said, you know what, I can do that and I can do it better than him. And so I think this is what I'm what I'm going to go after. And that's how it started. So after high school, I went right to real estate and uh, it's been 15 years. Wow. Right straight out of high school. Hey, tell me, did anyone ever go broke buying property on Monopoly? Isn't that the whole deal? Like just buy the, as soon as you can afford to buy something, buy it all and just spend all your money on properties. That, that, that is the theory, right? Just keep buying, buy from, from the first roll, whatever you land on, you buy right off the bat, right? Well, I can't tell you all my secrets, but I'm, I'm pretty much undefeated champion now, right? <laughs> but uh, no, you know what? It, it, you're really incentivized to buy assets and accumulate assets uh, because, you know, these days just working is probably not going to cut it. You know, we really need a lot of help. Um, with the taxes here in Canada, after you make a living, you live good but it's really hard to save. And uh, that's what real estate allows people to do is it allows you to save for the future. Uh, It's a great way to hedge inflation. And it's it's a terrific way to have secondary income, you know, while you sleep. Mm -hmm. And a backup plan for a nest egg when things go south. I mean, you mentioned it right off the bat. It's such a perfect intro because as a real estate investor, the idea is buy and hold. Real estate investors aren't flipping for the quick dollar. They're buying and they're holding and they're holding through the 08s and the 2022s and they're holding and they're holding and they're holding. Tell me a little bit about the current market and how you balance that with, dude, do you think it's ever going to get higher than this? We've seen the peak. The the, the light got switched off. I've seen the market. I've been a realtor for 30 years. So when the market turns especially when it goes down, it's like somebody pulls the switch. It's done. It's over. The The multiple offers stop and everything like that. So how do you balance? I get that for your long-term investors. They, you don't need to coach them. They know buy and hold. I'm not selling. But talk to me about your average Joe and Mary Smith. They get more equity than they've ever got, uh, ever had, 
in their North American property, you know, how do you balance buy and hold with, dude, It'll we think prices are going to go up? Get out now while you have the best and put your money, you know, you can, especially if you're at the, you know, the, uh, the later years of your life. What do you need all that equity stuck in your property for? You could do all kinds of great things with it, you know? So what are you telling people as far as the market is sitting now, as far as getting out or maybe taking a piece of their equity and putting it somewhere else? I mean, uh, that's a great question. Um, I think it really matters on where you at, where you're at in life, you know, what your goals are and really what you're trying to accomplish. And, um, not all investors are in the same place in their life and everybody's got a different goal. But I think for first time investors, it's important to get in the market and you have to be able to have a long time horizon. It's very important. Like you mentioned, real estate's not something you're going to check the value every day, five times a day. How much did my house go up? How much did it go down? You're not looking to to speculate and gamble in the next month or six months or, you know, six weeks, wherever. You're, you're right. buying and holding it for five, 10 years, 15 years. Uh, so if you're, a, you know, a first-time investor, I think you need to really adjust. You know, this market was crazy. I seen people buy properties mm-hmm. and within one month turn around and make 100000 and yeah. thought that that was normal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it happened, but it's not always the case. Um, but, you know, there's been a lot of people who are successful at accumulating real estate. And I think right now is a great time to really have a reflection and look to see, do I want to buy that secondary property uh, up north? Do I want to help my kids? Do I want to spend it? Do I want to go to Europe? This is why we invest. This is why we save. Europe, Dominican Republic. Come on, what do you know who you're talking to here? <laughs> Dominican sounds great. You yeah, got Cabaretti, you got Sosa, you got. Yeah. You got oh, hey, a lot of people going to Mexico Dominican, as well. I don't understand the draw so much there because there are a lot, a lot of restrictions in in Mexico compared to DR. But uh, yeah, what's your thoughts on international real estate? You own any, and do do you recommend diversifying into that market? Because the, I mean. If you go into that market, the STRs, the short-term rentals, can be very lucrative. I've got one up here with a, a three-year return. Like, you're all cash wow. in. It pays back in three years. Are you kidding me? From from a 70% occupancy, bro. It's insane, some of the some of the properties down here, what they rent for. So are you recommending anybody, you know, look around internationally? I think you have to be open-minded to these opportunities. And I think that, uh, like you're mentioning short-term rentals is one of the best business opportunities that uh, you can enter into. I've got some short-term rentals. They do fantastic. Um, they offer a lot of flexibility, great cash flow. And I think that's what's really important is the cash flow. If you own something, you have to ask yourself, why do you own it? And uh, having something Dominican that you can enjoy with the family over Christmas and make 5000 10000 a month in positive cash flow, it yeah. doesn't really get much better than that. Yeah, really, for sure. Well, how does you know, like, your how does your game change when the market tightens up? In a, in a good market, any stiff can sell a house. They put a sign up, they put it in the MLS. It's sold immediately for more than full price. I don't do well in those markets for some reason, and I'm not a real strong buyer's agent. I mean, I do it because you know uh, I do like it, 
but um, I'm more a listing agent. I'm in marketing. I know how to take contracts. You know me back when I was home, everything was 4% to selling broker. In a tough market, you know, people kind of think, oh, I need a cheaper commission. A cheaper commission doesn't mean you're going to pocket more money. That's the myth. That's the, the, you know, the, the narrative, the false narrative that's out there that I try to bust with the commission coach and stuff like that. But uh, how does your game change? I know that good agents do well in bad markets. I always did great. When the market was shit, I did really well. When the market was pumping, anybody can sell a house. And I, it seems like everyone had a cousin in the business. So how's your game change when the market tightens up or we're seeing what we're seeing now, either a flattening or a declining of prices and activity? I think you just have to take a deep breath. You've got to take a deep breath and you've got to understand where you're at. You've got to understand the market and you've got to be patient. Uh, you know, right now we're switching gears. It was crazy. It was, it was uh, you know, pedal to the metal. And now things are slow, so you really have to understand what you're doing and be more uh, sensitive to the market. And you have to have the conversation with the clients. It's all about expectations with the clients and being upfront. You know, right now, I think it's important to have the hard conversations with the clients and say, you know, if you got the motivation and you have to sell, this is where it's at. And I think if you have good conversations with your clients, uh, you'll be successful with transactions because you can price the property to where it needs to be. And I feel like a lot of the agents right now that might struggle, they're having difficulties explaining to their clients that 20%, 30%, you're down. And those numbers that you could have got, they're gone. Right, right. So how do you got to keep it real? Does your game change at all? Your strategies, I'm talking specifically for listings. Obviously, buyers have a little bit more room. They're, they can afford to put a condition in. They can try multiple offers on multiple properties without losing something and go back to something. It, wasn't, it hasn't been like that for many years in mm -hmm. North America almost, but especially your market, Niagara, which we failed to mention. I should say that. Uh, you're a Niagara mm -hmm. realtor. Does your game change as a realtor when the market tightens up? Do you do you go to any other different strategies? Strategies? Do you do you market in the tread board? Or I just wondered, like, does your your listing strategy change when the market tightens up? Because obviously you got to be a really uh, good pricer of properties, or else your properties sit for nine months. So. I mean, I would imagine your pricing strategy changes because in the market where stuff is just flying off the shelves with multiple offers, you don't need to, but you just, you pick any price and it sells over and above it. So how does your marketing game or your listing game change when the market tightens up? I don't think it really changes. I think you have to give uh, everybody a hundred percent all the way through, whether the market's, whether the market's on fire or whether it's kind of stale right now and kind of flat. Um, that's what they pay you for is to get maximum exposure. The tread board's always a must. You know, we need all of our help from our friends in Toronto. Oh, and they've got the doctors and they've got the dentists in Toronto or mm -hmm. entrepreneurs or investors. So we always have to network with our friends in uh, the GTA. Um, Niagara's small. You got to really you got to really look outside the, the boundaries here mm -hmm. and bring people in. But I don't think much changes. I just think you have to have tougher conversations and really adjust people's okay. uh, expectations, right. you know, because it's really hard for a lot of people to swallow when you have such a shift. Like you said, there's a, there's a light switch that goes on and off. And when it's off, it can be pretty scary, but you right. got to take a deep breath and uh, you got to shift gears. What's your understanding of the money markets? I see. Do you, do you play with the crypto? We saw interest rates go up a full 
percentage point yesterday. I love how the mainstream media couches at oh, 100 basis points. Like, just say it. It's a full percent. It's a 1% rise. Like, we can take the truth. Uh, oh. So, are you playing around with the crypto or like, what's your understanding of we, we get, you know, what happens when real, you know, to real estate prices when mortgage rates go up, when interest rates, when the prime goes up? We know how that directly affects it. But what's your, I saw this is what brought this conversation on actually was your inflation post the other day. Which triggered right. me right off the bat because you're like, yeah, right, nine point one inflation. That is rigged. Like if they really took, like what they took, they took real estate property values out. You know, like here, here's here's what we want to know: How much does it cost us to eat and drive? That's inflation for me right now, and those prices are going through the roof. So how how well do you understand the money markets, and and are you playing around with the cryptocurrencies? Uh, I mean. The market is affecting us all. And if you don't understand it, you're going to get a crash course real quick. Uh, inflation is something that I don't think any of us have really had to uh, experience up until now being in Canada. Right. We've kind of been blessed with uh, Well, outside of real money. estate inflation, we had real estate inflation, man. You talked about getting into the market. It's almost impossible for young kids to get into the market with the prices the way they are now. So, yeah. But, it's tough. But, it's tough. Uh, inflation's tough, you know? I mean... Inflation is different for everybody, actually. You know, the way I look at it is um, inflation, depending on where you live and what you want to buy, is going to be different. So, you know, the government's got these fake numbers to pacify everybody, to give people confidence that they know what they're doing. We know government and politicians know nothing. They're incompetent and uh, they'll screw up everything. And they've screwed up our entire monetary policy and uh you know we see it everywhere but they have these dirty tricks they've got the the consumer price index where they cherry pick certain things and they add it to a basket and they say well inflation is so and so this is the price but we can do that too jim you know we can say hey listen yeah. inflation is uh really low if we just compare domino's pizza and netflix mm -hmm. you know inflation is nothing right. but we know guys like us middle class guys you go to the grocery store, you're feeling it. You're looking at the steak and the steak is double. Mm -hmm. And you're looking at produce, it's double. And then you go to the gas station and you're hammered. Mm -hmm. Maybe you need to buy a new vehicle and the vehicles are 100000 for a pickup truck. Yeah, right. You know, inflation's crazy. This whole uh, interest rate thing, it's, uh, it really showed me that the Fed or the Bank of Canada really control the markets. Mm -hmm. It's like directly correlated. As soon as the Fed makes an announcement, all the markets move. Mm -hmm. The Fed says something, the market moves. Doesn't matter if you're in the crypto, if you're in the stock market, if you're in real estate, whatever the interest rates are, that's mm -hmm. basically what's going to you know trail off after with the market. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's so much anxiety everywhere, and it's yeah. it's it's actually shocking to me that at two and a half percent. Uh, official rate how uh, this cheap money can have such a negative effect across the board I mean two and a half percent five percent to borrow uh, say at a five-year fixed and people are pretending like the world is falling mm -hmm. it's five percent man yeah you know it's so great that you put that in perspective because my money guy was uh, Ian Wilson he was who I used all the time and he's gotten out of it now i think he maybe does some private mortgages and stuff but he was my guy at remax 
Mr. Wilson. Just a sweet guy. He's like your, like your dad, you know, like not right. our dad, but like, you know, he was just a sweet guy. And I remember him telling me, Jimmy, like the 30-year average is 11% for rates. Like, I don't know what it is now. This is probably a 10-year-old conversation. But, right. you know, you think that you got it bad? <laughs> like... The average rate over the last three decades is like way over 10. It's outrageous how high the average rate has been. And we've been spoiled by a low rate for so long and maybe artificially inflated prices because we brought in all kinds of buyers. We saw what happened in the States when they when they just opened the market to anyone, basically, or they're given mortgages away. And now we see a correction. What was the, did you see an immediate effect in your business? And how, how did that, like Thursday, it happened yesterday, right? They raised a full point, you know? I, I maybe you haven't had enough time to kind of digest what, it, what kind of effect it's had on the market. The, you know, it's kind of obvious what happens when rates go up, like we said already, in real estate. But did you feel anything, you know, that day? Do you, you know, do you have a, a flurry of calls to your mortgage guy for people to lock into the 10-year rate that are in a three-year that don't want to expire? I think everyone's still in shock and I think that uh, everybody's still trying to digest really what's going on Mm -hmm. and um, the talk right now is will they pivot you know can they really do this and continue to raise the rates Um, wow 11% 10 year average and here we are at 25% of that 30% 30% of that. Yeah, dude, it and wasn't long ago it. you could get a, like, I don't know, it was like a 25-year term mortgage for less than 5%. You know what I mean? It was unbelievable. Like, can you believe this? Like, I could get a five-year no, term ins- mortgage, like 25-year am and term. <laughs> just stupid. But I guess that's that's indicative of to this entire economy and how weak it really is. Yeah. I mean, this economy can function now unless it has virtually free money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I guess that's it. really how bad our economy's gotten, where household debt and overall prices are just too high. Debt's too high, and we we can't function without cheap money. And we're seeing with one two percent raises, everything's kind of at a standstill, which blows my mind. I mean, if somebody would give me a million dollars right now for two percent or three percent, I'd think I'd take that all day long. Mm-hmm. But there's still so much anxiety and uncertainty in the market. Hmm. Interesting. What's your specialty? What do you gravitate towards? Are you re- residential? Do you mix it up with development and commercial industrial? Or what's your kind of, what do you focus on for your business, your real estate business? Uh, I don't really don't have one particular field that I like. I just like investment portfolio building and adding good pieces of real estate that, uh, that we can bring to the portfolio and increase our cash flow. Right. So we don't have to work. That's what I that's what I want real estate for. I want it so I don't have to work. I want real estate for freedom. Right. So we have some cash flow coming in from Dominican mm-hmm. or wherever the apartment building is or Plaza. Right. Which would be fantastic just to keep building, right? How many properties have you uh acquired since you got into the business? Well over a dozen. Nice. Over a dozen properties uh, throughout mm-hmm. the years. Um and You know, now I'm starting to sell off. In the last six months, uh, I was identifying that this was a key time to sell. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying, why did I buy the property? I'm up two, three X. Wow. I'm not greedy. You know, you have to take the wins. Mm -hmm. And um, 
I really didn't want to sell, to be honest. I don't think anybody young should sell because where are you going to put the money? Right. Where do you put the money, Jim? Like you got a, mm-hmm. you got a bunch of cash right now. Let's say, for example, in this, in this time period, with inflation at 9%, why do you really want to hold cash? Yeah, it's just worth less every day. You know, you're getting eaten alive, so mm-hmm. you end up burning through this cash and you've got nothing to show for it. Right. Well, that's why you uh, invest in some international stuff and go with some STRs, man. I really appreciate your time, brother. Is there anything you want to get out on the way out? Or uh, you got any advice for people getting into the market? Where can they get a hold of you? Blah, 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 blah. blah. This is the time for the full 10-minute uh, commercial if you want it, man. <laughs> if people are looking for some good sound advice on how to enter the market, how to buy right, how not to overpay, or how to build a good portfolio so you have secondary income and passive income, I would love to help. Uh, We'll sit down, we'll have a nice consultation, and we'll figure out where you are in the market and what you're looking for. Um, You can reach out to me uh, via Facebook, or you can call me direct. Uh, My number is 905-359-2674, or email me at Cosmo at revelrealty.com. Um, this is still a great time to buy. The money's yeah. cheap. The money's cheap. And I have this, I have this thought. If you can borrow money at 3%, you can buy a thing and pay 3%. And you know inflation's at 9%. I think you're winning still. Yeah, definitely. Right now it's about buying quality real estate scarce and desirable property is going to do well with this inflation and i don't think we're going to see inflation go away so i think what we need to do is we need to find the best scarce desirable property and hold on to it lock in for long-term rates this would be a a successful uh, a successful play for any investor nice um Tell us a little bit about your brokerage. I see that uh, they won, I did, and I joke, I mean, Niagara gives more awards than any other community I've ever seen. I see that they won the Reader's Choice Awards. I usually oh, yeah. that, but uh, I know Ryan runs a tight ship over there. He seems to be doing well. So tell us about Revel Realty. And where did you start out? Who were you with before that? Okay, so I started out with Century 21 okay. here in uh, Niagara. Who, and, who's uh, the broker? Eugene Pilato and oh, Roy Zanata. Eugene is a guy I respect a lot, man. Is he still in the business? He's still in the business. Nice. He's an amazing guy. Yeah, uh, no, he taught me man. so much. And um, those guys are they're first class. You know, they were great mentors. Um, but Revel's the future. And Revel's an amazing brand. Uh, they're forward thinking. They, I think they've got the best brand right now in the business. And the way they promote and market is second to none. They're really, um, they're really aggressive, and they look great. Like you said, this is the Hollywood brokerage. Yeah. Ryan's uh, shout out Ryan's to Emily Berry. She is made for that shit, man. I like. I don't see her post that much, but for a while there, she all her stuff, her live feeds were coming up in my feed. I'm like, dude, you are a freaking natural. She plays that part well, man. Even Joe, her husband's, you know, in the background commenting on the on the Facebook page and everything. It's sit, man. You guys got uh, an interesting crew over there. <laughs> 
And uh, yeah, I met one of your uh, your colleagues came down here for a week and we hung out. So that was pretty cool. But uh, oh, yeah. Who is that? Yeah, I can't. I don't want to say we haven't can't say public it. about that. So. Okay, <laughs> I could, okay. but I, yeah, I don't want to. Emily's a rock star. Yeah, the, no. whole, the whole company's full of uh, superstars. Yeah, I'm they're so doing happy some good that business. They're great. They're they're absolutely great. What type of market share you guys got? Do you know? All of it. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken to like it. a true Revel realtor. <laughs> yeah, we no, they're, they're on shit, fire, baby. these guys. These guys yeah. are on fire, and I work with some of the best realtors in, in the country. Cool, man. These guys are these guys are on fire, man. Well, it's unbelievable. I don't What's going on over bit. there in Dominican? Do you got any good properties uh, right now? Yeah, it's amazing. I'm in, uh, I'm in sticker shock. You know, I had culture shock for a little while because it's so different. Like, I was here. I was only here a week, 25 years ago, and fell in love with the place. And um, so I came back to Sasua. The path just opened up for me, and I found a chance to get out of Canada while they refused to let people out of Canada. But you know what? Dude, it's not like I wanted to live on a beach all my life. Anyone that knows me knows this wasn't the plan. Right. So I kind of feel like it was God's plan. Like it just opened up, and I had to get out of my country because I didn't want to get stuck there. I didn't know how long they would lock us down for, and they did. Exa- you know, So I got out a week before... They dropped the mandates for flights. And wow. uh, so d- down here has been uh, a struggle. It's been amazing. It's taught me so much. Jeez, I've really counted on my faith a lot since I've been here. That's for sure. Um, sticker shock from the standpoint of you can't believe how cheap labor is down here. You can't believe how cheaply they construct a property. Like $100 a square foot, first of all, everything's square meters. So I got to calculate in my head, really. It's not that difficult. But it's there's getting used to it, right? It's getting used to the peso and the American dollar. Um, mm-hmm. Because... You know, I, you know, like Lilo brought me chicken today. The specials 150 pesos. It's $3 American, which is kind of close to five, maybe Canadian if you calculate it. But when you say three bucks American, it sounds like nothing. But so there's a, there's a, there's a process of, you know, getting acclimated to that kind of stuff, the culture and the money. And then the prices in real estate are insane. Like for instance, I've been pimping a property called uh, Casa Linda quite a bit. Because they've been in business 30 years. They're gated communities. They've thought of everything. They built 400 villas so far down here. They've survived all the downturns. So nothing, you know, their drains don't back up the wrong way. You know, there's no, they thought of everything because they built so many houses. And you can get into a brand new, gorgeous two bedroom with an elevated slanted uh, dormer roof that makes it feel so much bigger. 1100 square foot, two bedroom, two bath. 7,000 gallon in ground pool, finished, landscaped, and furnished for rough. I mean, furnished with TVs, indoor, outdoor, couches, fridge stove. They don't do the furnishing, that's an outside agency. They also have mm-hmm. outside agencies for all the STRs, the short term rentals. So, those, but I'm looking at a comparable villa the other day. And this is selling, they start at uh, 228, no, 208. To 28 with the dormer, 248 furnished, like somewhere in that range, American money. Unbelievable. And I'm talking to a firm down here called, well, I'll just say who it is, Casa Coco. Um, they're a rental firm. And their equivalent two-bedroom brand-new suite, the Capri, is she sent me, I took her, I took her uh, three months, a, a three-month window from July to December, uh, no, I guess it was longer than that. It was July 1st to December, to the end of December. 
She's 101% occupancy. And you might say, well, how do you get that? Well, that's by, from double booking one day. That's when two people pay $129 Amazing. a night for that room. That So that day, that house made 250 And they Amazing. take uh, 10%. Um, this property at 250 and here's the deal on Casa Linda. So there's lineups to get in the place, right? So they just released phase 12. They released 88 lots. Immediately half of them sold. I think they got about 20 left. They probably have 20 left for a few more weeks, maybe months. Um, 25K holds the lot. Uh, and then the early birds got a January groundbreaking when you need 35% down. And then it's delivery in seven months and you have... Uh, different points that you make your, you know, you hit a 65% or you hit a, a, a and then it was 95, I think, and then you hold the last 10% until after the final inspection and then you go to the lawyer and close it. But so this is an equivalent property, um, 250,000 American, and I calculated it through these guys, it's easily making 30, net 30 a year, 30 USD a year. And, you know, that's just an example of a brand new property. But we looked at one the other day. It was oceanfront. It was 379. The rental rate was through the roof. And the payback, the complete payback on the 379 was 3.8 years because it rents for wow. it's like 379 a night or something. It's an oceanfront condo. But it's 379. Wow. So for me, like I'm sitting there with uh, the clients were from Chile. And in Chile, you can't buy anything. It's like Toronto, right? And, the, you know, the person I was talking to wasn't a big fan of their politics and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, tell, I'm sitting on the couch and you could tell they were really into it because you could see the ocean. You could hear the ocean. It's right on the ocean. And it's like, like who? Sounds good. Who, well, how can you buy this for three seventy nine? But in even I told them in my hometown in St. Catharines, if this is on a freshwater lake, it's one point four million. <laughs> it's just unbelievable the the sticker shock but it's uh, it's a different life so, too right so uh, you know what's a what's the politics over in dominican what's going on with the the vaccine and yeah. uh you know what's what's going on with all that i wish i could speak to it intelligently because uh because i normally care about that kind of stuff to be honest with you i haven't been able to turn my head away from biden and trudeau I mean, I just can't look away. Yeah. The car wreck is just, it's just, I can't believe that we're, we're having these discussions with our kids and all this kind of stuff. I know that um, the infection rate was one of the lower ones, uh, even in, <laughs> even in the first, I hate saying first world country because I don't know. I, I hate referring it to as a third world country. I don't see it that way. And Dominican Republic is very uh, self-efficient, self-sufficient. Right. Like they make appliances here. They don't make, oh, they might actually have some, some car manufacturers down here. They've got the big towns like Punta Cana and San Diego and stuff like that. But they do, they make everything. Like, I mean, no, you can't get Colgate made here type of thing. They import some things, right? But uh, so politically, uh, I, I really can't speak to it. But there was a time where um, they required masks in public spaces you know okay um that's not so bad but nobody wore them over their nose <laughs> that it makes was just sense. over your mouth <laughs> you know and everyone wore them the same way so it was almost like and no and then they um at some places they would ask you for the vaccine card 
But if you just flashed your phone, they never looked at it. They never insisted on ID. So that it's almost like they want to make sure if the authorities are up front, they're doing their job. But other than that, just go, you know, like, right. And plus they don't know what an and, Ontario Vax card looks like. So, you know, but to some so you're of them, good. yeah, I, I, I flashed a QR at a, at a money shop when I first got here thinking I was all smart and stuff. I was just going, and why am I going to a money shop? You just go to the corner down here and talk to James. Like he gives you a better rate. Yeah, yeah. There's guys, money changers all over the place. And you know what I love about this place is there's no uh, regulations. Well, there's Uh, no regulations. That's what I love best about this place. You don't need a liquor license if you open a bar. You don't need a health license if you open a kitchen. I've never seen a hair in my food. I've never been poisoned down here. You know, you put up a shingle, you're a realtor. You put up a, a sign, you're in business. Income tax, Just like that. they don't chase you for income tax. They don't chase you for overstaying your visa. They don't, like, I mean, you pay when you leave the country if you've overstayed your visa, but it's just, you know, it's, I don't know, 250 How long are you good for on your visa? I think they start six charging months? you after six months. But, you know, I, I know expats down here that came here 30 years ago and never left, and they've been operating a bar and a business the whole time, you know? Like, and these are, That's, like, I mean, it's through the pandemic, you know, you... The cops come by and, you know, you make sure they're your friends and they leave you alone. Uh, I've been pulled over. bucks? I, yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> I've, been pu- I've been stopped twice. Once was for speeding on a highway and once for was, uh, well, I won't tell you the details of that one. But, you know, these guys are, they, they, all they want to do is eat. They get paid shit, you know? Right. And, uh you know, so it, it, it's so it's so different down here, man. And, you know, you've traveled. You know what the locals are like. But uh, I love the fact that there's just lack of regulation. Uh, you know, the lawyers, you need a good lawyer, especially if you're buying real estate. But t- title is really tricky down here, right? If you don't have the okay. descende and everything's not tight, then you just run from it because you, you don't need title issues. So, And if you get a lawyer that doesn't give a shit, he'll close a deal on a bad title, and that you don't want. So we thank goodness I've connected enough that we've got good contractors that we can you got trust. got the right team. We've got good um, lawyers that we can trust. And, you know, it's not like they're on the payroll or whatever, but, we you know, it's not hard to figure out who the who the guys are that are doing business that you can trust because they got a good name down here. So, so the properties that you like to specialize in is more STRs. No, actually, when I first got down here, I was doing hotels and resorts. I'm still my like I'm all my listings are big hotels. Like I've got anywhere from I've got uh, like an STR, a six hundred thousand dollar like it's uh, four identical bungalows and then a double bungalow that's made into an owner suite, which is cool. So you can rent in Kite Beach Cabarete, uh, mm-hmm. so five ninety nine. And you know what? She's just going back to Spain. She's been here 17 years. She wants to be closer to her grandkids and stuff like that. She's just done. It's not like she's getting out because she, you know, because um, the market's bad or she, you know. So I've got anywhere from 600000 Well, I've got some cheaper stuff, too, because Castle Linda lets, uh, lets us market their property. So And those entry-level ones are, you know, I get some. I got a condo for 50 k in the building where I live here. 50 k American. And I've got a climb for you. Yeah, I've got a client for you. This he is wants, old, uh, we what just is sold it? a commercial property for him. Mm-hmm. He says, I'm Cosmo. Let's go to Dominican. Let's buy a property there. He wants to be there. He wants to have a secondary property. I think he wants to come in September. So we'll connect yeah, yeah. and we'll okay. do a deal. And that's the uh, other talk thing. Talk to me about financing options or potential Don't even talk VTEs. to me about pen. No, fucking bring cash. Don't even worry about cash. it. 
I mean, yes, there are banks. Scotiabank has a Dominican arm down here, separate from Canada. Yes, okay. they will pro- provide some level of financing, not for commercial stuff, though. Uh, but And Casa Linda does have bridge financing, and they can shoot, hook you up. Last time, I th- think it was a 3.75 five-year, I think. Um, I can't remember. That might have changed. I'm not sure. Just because the rates go up in Canada doesn't, doesn't mean they go up down here. But, yeah, I mean, you can get the odd VTB. Like, I've got a 70-unit hotel. It's two point. Okay. It's two point two million with half down. He'll finance the rest. And the coolest thing is, it's seventy rooms, but there's fifty eight titles. So you got one title okay. with the commercial on the main on the main drag, with seventeen mm-hmm. units in it, and then you got uh, thirty eight bungalows and apartments out the back that are in this own little community that back onto the lagoon. Fifty eight titles. Yeah, there's thirty. I can't remember exactly. I think it's thirty eight condos and so you can really get creative but you, you should talk to me sooner than september i'll send you some details on it we've got this one uh right beside casa marina it's between the marriott which is really high end sasu on the sea which is oceanfront and uh, casa marina which is probably 600 room resort it's right beside spanky's the guy's from st Catharines. I come down here to meet a guy from St. Catharines. He's like, Jimmy Finn, and that sounds familiar. I'm like, yeah, what's your last name? He tells me, I'm like, dude, where are you from? Yeah, St. Catharines. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And he's burned out with agents. He doesn't, want, like, he, he doesn't want to deal with agents because he's been lied to so many times. <laughs> well, we're going to sell your property. But it's a 17-room hotel right down in the resort district. He wants 800 American, 800,000. And in the 17 rooms, if you don't run it as a hotel, because it's, you know, it's tricky. It need a little bit of improvement, uh, but it's turnkey. You could open it tomorrow. Uh, there's How 10. old is it? Uh, I can't remember. There's 10 titles. It's in, good, it's in good shape? Yeah, I would give it a six and a half, seven, maybe seven plus, depending on what your eye looks like. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not four star, but, you know, okay. with, with five grand a unit, it could be four star because the labor's so cheap down here. But, it, but but it's got ten titles in it, so the penthouse ten is titles. yeah the penthouse is its own title, so that's two, right. that's two seventy nine renoed. <laughs> then there's three down the right hand side or the left hand side of it. There's you can make that three two bedrooms, and then uh, what's whatever's left is one bedrooms. And uh, what a so, great opportunity just yeah. to kind of buy it and piece it out one yeah. by one. Yeah, and it could you do, you could do it within a year. You know, like the, you know, the, you know, it's not idling time on everything down here. You can pay to have stuff done quickly, but yeah, the, the renovations are super cheap. Obviously materials have gone up just like they have everywhere else in the world, but everything's concrete. <laughs> everything's concrete and tile. And a lot of that stuff, you know, is domestic, you know, so. So what's the market like right now in the last, say, two, three months? Has oh, it slowed insane. down? Is oh, it still steady? No, or? no, it's insane, bro. And I don't say it's that just insane. to pump my stuff. It's um, when I first got here at the end of October, you could find, like, I do have, like, this $50,000 condo down here is not actually listed yet. It's like, and it'll probably sell to somebody that we know, right? Because it's $50,000 $50, for a condo. Yeah, in an old club med building with a generator backup and, a, and an, I don't know how big this pool is. It's got to be 80 feet long. It's the biggest pool in Sasua. Wow. It's huge. And they take pretty good care of it. It's not four-star resort care, but it's it's a pretty nice building. It's in Caribe Campo. And uh, so anyways, when I first got down here, you could find a, you could find a few $50,000 condos. Now they're non-existent. 
We're looking for um, uh, somebody called me the other day, 250 on the beach. Forget about it. No way. Now, even Get close, about 250 no, on the no. beach. 250, yo, you can still get a three-bedroom three under 250 detached is tricky now. A three-bedroom condo uh, under 250, that's getting tricky. So we're seeing what used to be doable, no problem, even eight months ago when I got down here, is an extinct being now. They're, they're gone. Now, if you're going to, like, troll for months, you'll find it. Like, sure. we will find it sure. for you. But if you're buying, if you're coming down and you're going to buy in the next 30 days and you're buying something, you're going to pay market rates, and uh, market rates have gone up. And that's kind of the in interesting thing about the island is, you know, when they went through 2008, they didn't, we didn't see the North American crash. Like they just more flatlined. Yeah, the rentals went down. People weren't traveling here in COVID, but they managed through COVID and their properties didn't go through the floor. They just kind of flattened. So, you know, I look at it like, okay, we, so we've had two big, you know, economic factors weighing on real estate. And down here, the repercussions were flatline. That's, I can take a flatline. You know, I just don't want to see. Flatline is okay. Yeah. Flatline is okay sometimes. And so who is, uh, who are the, the people? Uh, what country are they mainly coming from to invest? Are we getting a lot of Canadians or yeah. is it Can Europeans? Where, where are these people coming from? Canada's number one. Uh, well, I would say it's very close between Americans and Canadians. But the population of expats down here from Canadians is huge. Uh, you know, so you feel very safe? Oh, this is an expat community. Oh, safe, dude. I mean, the place I buy my weed feels like the safest place in Sasua. The guys are so cool. There's, you know, and weed is not, it's not like at home where it's legal. Like, it's a big deal. Right. You don't fuck around with that stuff down here. Seriously. But, no, but I've never felt unsafe. Uh, I walk it. Well, I don't go out at night all that much. But now, now, unless you think prostitution is a hazard to your health and girls coming up to you all the time and propositioning you. And well, I mean, the first time I was in town, you go to the discotheque, so you got more hands in your pockets than the, you know, you gotta be, you gotta have your head on a swivel because everyone's looking, but those are just the street girls. So if you, if you think that's, and that's Sasua, Cabarete is not like that. Cabarete, well, you know what Cabarete is like, it's Kite Beach, right? And Cabarete's right. got such a cool vibe because everyone's low body fat. Everyone's fit as fuck. They're all tanned. And they all got this big fucking stupid grin on their face because they either just came from what they love doing, carrying their surf, even if they're not smiling, they're carrying their surfboard and you can tell they're right where they want to be. Or they're going to do what they want to be. It's a really cool vibe down here. So uh, safety is really overplayed and overblown. All those videos from a long time ago, and well, there's no videos, but people making videos about, oh, Dominican, and you, you get murdered in your hotel room. It's like, come on, man. You want to compare it to Mexico? Like, I've been to Mexico. You better be fucking careful in Mexico. You know, like right. me and my brother got Absolutely. into some barrios in Mexico where we're like, fuck, are we going to get out of here? But then you're up to no good, right? You, know, you shouldn't sure, have been sure, there in sure. the first place. But if you're just staying, you can walk on the street. Now, my friend that came down from Canada, who was a rather tall uh, woman, said, like, dude, I'm never I'm like, I mean, I can handle myself and I've never seen anything like that. I'm like, serious? I have never heard that. But. She's got long hair and whatever. Like, I know all kinds of girls that walk around down here, and they don't get that kind of stuff. So that was the first time I heard that. But she's like, dude, it, no, they're trying to get me on, they're physically trying to put me on their moto 
to take me somewhere, you know, to give me a ride. Well, that's, that's important because there's all these misconceptions and there's all these stories that mm-hmm. are just bullshit. You know what I mean? People yeah. are talking about what happened in 1990 or early 2000s and it couldn't be the farthest from the truth. Yeah. Well, I mean, there, it seems to be a lot of petty crime anyways. I don't know. Uh, they drive like animals down here, but I've been driving a motorcycle for a few months and you got to be careful. But you know, what's the same. cost? What's like a cost of living for a month? If I want to live there, what's it going to cost me to live? Oh, dude. Mortgage aside, you know, you buy the property. What's what's it look like per month? To you live can there? rent a little apartment in a decent area for 500 American. No trouble, especially now because mm-hmm. the, the high season comes back in September. Right. And then September to mm-hmm. April, it's high season again. So the prices will go up. But 500 American buys you a nice little apartment with battery or sorry, generator backup. Um, I get, like I told you, down the street, two pieces of chicken with brown rice and salad delivered. It's like a lunch special. It's 150 pesos delivered to my house. Uh, gas, wow. gasoline has gone up 20 pesos a gallon since I've been here. So in nine months, it went from 255 to 275 a gallon. <laughs> no, no, no. Two, it went pesos. So it went from. 250 pesos to 275 pesos so that's let's call it 40 cents a gallon sleeping like how much is your gas gone has it over double my brother was at he was filling up the other day he says oh i'm getting a good deal today 179 (sighs) i was paying two and a quarter i heard that it's insane i heard that so Uh, over here it's a clown show yeah, it's but I hear they subsidize the the petroleum down here because the the, the the you know the the locals are just that's their way of life. That's how they get around, you know. So, well, uh, we definitely have to connect. I do have a client. Let's do some business. He All wants right, to buy something in Dominican. Uh, I don't know what his budget is exactly, but I think he could swing two fifty. Yeah, well, that's two fifty three hundred. Yeah. Maybe he'll get a nice a decent condo. Yeah, and just like anything else, I know you're you're trying to leverage your money and you want your cash to go as far as you can. And so I get, yeah, I mean, I understand the VTB thing and stuff like that. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm just saying if you're serious about buying something, bring cash and you don't have to screw around. Maybe on the next deal, if you're going to wait for, you know, and troll for a little while, you'll find the perfect deal with a vendor take back. Yeah. What about uh, citizenship? Is there any type of programs or incentives that if we invest Dude, in they, Dominican, we can get a, uh, a passport? I think it's 250K. So if you buy a house or an asset, you, you can apply with your citizenship through that investment. And uh, it's... That's beautiful. Uh, it's not the cheapest. I can't remember exactly. I don't want to quote how much it is. But yeah, if you make an investment, I think it's 250. And, and real estate does qualify for that. And get this. Some of these, like the Casa Linda property I was talking to you about, they've got a confiteur uh, government program that defers your income and real estate taxes for 15 years. But almost no one pays real estate taxes down here. It's unbelievable. They have HOA fees, like condo fees for the Homeowners Association uh, mm-hmm. because they have you know common wells and backup generators because the hydro sucks here. It's off all the time. So if you don't have a backup generator, you could go eight hours without power. You know what I mean? Without electricity. Right. Hydro. They don't know what hydro is. Ha, my hydro's off. They're like, what? what what's hydro? How, how's the internet? <laughs> uh, good. Yeah. Not good. And it, that's good. much cheaper. Uh, internet you're going to pay for. I think I'm paying uh, 2,200 pesos. So 44 bucks a month. 20 
20 mega, uh, megabits or whatever that they call it, which is good enough to broadcast <laughs> like this. My cell phone is 1,600 pesos a month with 10 gigs and 100 minutes, which I never use. Six. So it's just cheap living over there. 32 bucks American. So it, it's a little cheaper. It's not, you know, but uh, no, I mean, you can live pretty cheaply down here. And, uh, you know, if you're buying imported stuff, then, yeah, you're going to pay. But, you know, you get a coconut split open for you on the side of the road. The guy will pour you a gallon for 400 pesos. He'll split 15 coconuts out, drain all the water into a jug for you. You can take home, put it in your fridge at 400, eight, eight bucks. Fresh coconut water. <laughs> wow. Best, man. Eight bucks. Yeah. Eight bucks. I got that for one can of coconut water over here is eight dollars. I was paying seven bucks for a fucking 20 liter jug of water at Ricochet. And I like Ricochet. Don't get me wrong. It's the best water ever. It's worth the seven bucks. Trust me. But down here, it's uh, 30 pesos, 60 cents. Now, it's shit water. It's like dead, whatever, distilled or whatever the fuck it is. It's stripped probably clean of everything. But. Uh, yeah, so for that kind of money. So you don't plan on coming back to Canada? No, I found out I got a fucking uh, bench warrant for the lockdown tickets that I got. So I might even get trouble coming back. So long live my father. I hope he lives forever. That's the only reason I would have to come home. But uh, no, I got to make it work down here and smash some deals and uh, and figure it out. It's been a long road, man. I went eight months in, in real estate when I started in 93 without a deal at Remax at 2500 2, bucks a month. You know, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. The first deal I had, you know, I was already in debt, you know, like $16,000 with my brokerage because back then, you know, there's... You know, a Remax trap. Down here, Remax don't charge no desk fees, baby. It's, uh, yeah, oh, it's sweet. all different. Sweet. It's all different. But no MLS either down here. No MLS. No, it's crazy. You go on point two. So everyone's holding pocket listings? Yeah, and you can market stuff on point two, and uh, only the buyer gets paid. There's no exclusivity. So when you take a contract, you take it with 15 other agents. No <laughs> shit. Yeah. It's unbelievable. You list your house, you call Remax Century 21, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you have 15 guys come over to promote your property, and only the guy or girl that brings the buyer gets paid. <laughs> Wow. That's crazy. So you got to get that buyer. I got a few exclusive listings, though. That's going to be my specialty. I'm not like, no, we only take exclusive listings. You want the best? <laughs> you got to pay. <laughs> hey, man, I think you did the right thing by going to Dominican here. It's just they want us to take a shot now every nine months. Mm -hmm. yeah, That's crazy. tough. Like, it makes no sense. Yeah, my worries for you the know? kids mostly more than anything with the schools. Did you see they? Stuff. Yeah, they approved Did it you today. see they they approved that for kids? I can't look away, Cosmo. I cannot look away from my own government. I wish I could. I wish I could just give up on it and go, okay, you know. Like, all the time I spend looking at Justin Trudeau, I could be looking at properties down here. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's my yeah. commitment. I'm going to make that again. Uh, Jim, listen, I am so honored to be on your show. And It was great uh, to talk to you, man. You popped, you popped my cherry, man. So right. uh, well. this is awesome. And I'd like to do this again, and um, bring on the some, only some thing I want to let you know is I got my laptop showing four percent left. All right, and I don't want it's a good to, time uh, to say goodbye. Yeah, I don't want to <laughs> have an abrupt shutdown without saying goodbye. And um, let's set this up again, and let's let's stay in touch. Sounds good, brother. And let's do some business. That's All the right. most important. Let's actually make some money together. All right, that would homie. be awesome. Okay. Show me around. All right, homie. We'll talk soon. Thanks for the time and the love. Appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Ciao. Ciao, bro.
That's how you do that. Getting hot up in here. Usually I turn the air conditioning off from... No. My chair's falling apart as I'm sitting on it, bit by bit here. Uh, Cosmo, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Uh, you have the contact information, and uh, the link is in the bio. Peace, love, hug your neighbor, and uh, invest in DR. I'm out.